Advance your spa career with management training from the University of California. Earn a professional certificate online in just six months. Visit ce.uci.edu forward slash spa training. Hi, welcome to SpaCast by Spa and Wellness Mexicali Bay. I'm Sarah Jones, and today I'm talking with Susie Ellis, Chairman and CEO of the Global Wellness Institute. The Global Wellness Institute is the nonprofit research and educational resource for the global wellness industry. Susie is also the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of the Global Wellness Summit, an international gathering of senior executives and leaders. Recognized as a top authority on the worldwide wellness industry, Susie is also the author of a popular annual wellness trends report and is frequently quoted in major news outlets around the world. She holds an MBA from the University of California, Los Angeles, and is the recipient of the International Spa Association's Visionary Award and was honored as a trailblazer by the Metropolitan New York Chapter of the U.S. National Committee for UN Women. Welcome, Susie. How are you today? I am just fine. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Um, So we've got some interesting discussion points today to talk about. How do you see the Global Wellness Summit shaping the future of spa and wellness? Well, that actually is our theme this year. And this is our 12th summit. One thing we are planning to do is spend a little bit of time looking back at the 12 years to see how collectively have shaped those 12 years. Because 12 years ago, uh, things were very, very different. Uh, In fact, our organization was called the Global Spa Summit. And the term wellness 12 years ago was not used as much as it is being used in so many ways today. One thing that I think we will anchor this discussion on is the fact that collectively, we have changed the business of wellness, introducing the term wellness. The 10 sectors that we uh, identify from our research uh, that are now under the umbrella of uh, wellness, including the spa industry, uh, healthy eating, nutrition, and weight loss, workplace wellness, fitness, mind, body, thermal, mineral springs, wellness, tourism, beauty, etc. So having identified that, I think that really has helped shape the business of wellness. And now, at this summit, we're looking forward. We're going to look at how can we and how do we want to shape the next few years. And some of the themes that will no doubt come up is technology, the millennials, China, and some of the medical challenges such as obesity, diabetes, depression, loneliness, and social responsibility. So through those lenses, we will have some very exciting discussions. Excellent. Thank you. Yes, I agree. The industry really has changed. I remember a few years ago, we talked about how wellness was seen as something on the side of spa, but really wellness is the umbrella that covers everything and so many more things than just spa. Very true. Wellness is a term that that has been a huge plus for our our economy, because now it's something that a lot of people can relate to. It's more democratized. It is now in, you know, in fashion, in retail, and uh, it's, it's, you know, insurance and medical and so on. It's really uh, a term that, that has served us well. And we, I would say, have been proactive in helping define that term in a way that is an advantage for consumers. 
Excellent. Yes, I agree. It really is an accessible term to everybody. Right. So let's talk about the wellness moonshot. Tell us a little bit about that and what is required to achieve this and what are the first steps? Well, the wellness moonshot is certainly an ambitious uh, goal, but let me just mention what it is. And I think most people can relate to how fantastic it would be if we achieved this. So the wellness moonshot is a world free of preventable disease. I think in our economy and industry, but really overall, people understand now, and the medical community too, that preventing problems and disease is so much better than spending the money and the resources and everything that needs to be done once someone is ill and then having to apply a lot of resources and a lot of effort towards making them well again. So prevention is something that our industry is very much in agreement on. This is a way to sort of make it a little bit sexy that people can grasp it. It's not like we're just talking generally about prevention, but a wellness moonshot envisioning a world free of preventable disease is something that people can relate to. So it was introduced last year at the summit with uh, Dr. Richard Carmona, who is uh, 17th Surgeon General of the U.S. But we had with us Dr. Oz, we had Andy Weil, we had Dean Ornish, some of the real pioneers in this whole arena of complementary and alternative medicine. The idea is that everyone can do something that will move us in that direction in a positive way. That's why it was designed to be very inclusive. People can contribute in whatever area and in whatever way they can for what they're doing. For example, Sarah, you have this fabulous publication. You can talk about prevention and give statistics and so on through the written word, the you know online, social media, and so on. You can also be part of going towards this moonshot of a world free of preventable disease. And the exciting part of it to me is that the medical community is very excited about this too. So we're not just on the outside being the wellness people that are going here. The medical people also are on board. This time at the summit, we are going to introduce some concrete steps to uh, for people to be able to get involved. And it will be a matter of people signing up to say, I'm going to do this, and then being recognized as part of the moonshot. Brilliant. What an amazing collective achievement it will be when we move closer to this. So what kind of time frame do you believe is realistic for this goal? I think that we all realize that it's not exactly going to be totally um, reachable in the near future. But you know what's interesting? When you look at poverty, and I just finished reading Hans Rosling's book about factfulness. He talked about um, the real statistics about poverty and that we are within view of being able to get rid of extreme poverty. He suggests that it will be our children that in their lifetime, there will be an elimination of extreme poverty. He bases that on how much progress has been made over uh, the last years and how there's fewer people in poverty now than there used to be by a lot. So when I think about if we can eliminate uh, extreme poverty in that amount of time, I would be very encouraged if in that same amount of time, we can at least begin moving the arc of the obesity 
curve. I think that we can collectively start doing what is necessary to move that arc the other direction so that people are getting less overweight over time. You'd think that's much harder. (laughs) Exactly. What an amazing feat that would be if we can achieve that. The children growing up now can achieve that. That would be quite something. So what are some of the highlights delegates can expect from the upcoming Global Wellness Summit this October in Italy? Well, you know, I've been working on the agenda for months, and I have to say it is so exciting, some of the people we have and the themes that we are addressing. Because in a way, what I've heard from so many people is that this is a real important time. Wellness has never had so much momentum and there hasn't ever been this much attention on it around the world. So we have a great opportunity to really affect the future. So we always, whenever we do our summit, we like to uh, engage with the strength of the area where we're in. And we're in Italy. So Italy has a lot of strength and um, expertise in design, and architecture, in food, in lifestyle, happiness, longevity. You know, the people that live in Italy live longer than almost any other country. Japan and South Korea are the exception, but Italy is almost the next country where people live a very long time. So we like to, and we're going to be examining, why is that? You know, what are they doing that uh, maybe others could emulate? I'm just going to let you know some of the key speakers who we have. I think Dan Butner, who is the author of Blue Zones, is probably one of the more uh, famous people that will be coming. Also, we have Alberta Ferretti, who's a fashion designer, very well known. And we have several architects, Antonio Citerio and Matteo Tune and Cloda. We also have Dr. Chatterjee, who's written about design beauty and architecture. We're going to put emphasis on nutrition. Neil Grimmer, Mary Tabaki will be there. And as I mentioned, Dan Butner, but interestingly enough, the first Blue Zone was in Italy. It was in Sardinia. Um, There's one in, in Japan and Loma Linda, California, and one in Greece. But the first one was in Sardinia. And I have been able to contact the researcher, the medical doctor, who actually founded the term Blue Zones and declared that area a Blue Zone. And he's going to be with us too. I always like to honor the people who've done the initial work. Dan Butner has done a fabulous job in, in making it very visible around the world. But I think it's also important to honor the person that did all the research that, that made this happen to begin with. And we're going to talk about China. We have Kathy Chan with us. Uh, she is, I think, probably the most knowledgeable person about what are the Chinese travelers, what are they interested in, and especially when it comes to spa and wellness and health and, and tourism and so on. So that will be an interesting session. And then mental wellness is a big theme because that's something that uh, you know we're hearing more and more of. So we have uh, Dr. Jerry Boddicker. We have Andre Illy who is, you know, the coffee, Illy Coffee. I don't know if that's well-known in Mexico, but it's quite well-known in the U.S. and I think around the world as the finest coffee. Have you ever heard of it? I have, yes. Okay. so And I'm not a so, coffee drinker. <laughs> okay. Well, that tells me that it's famous everywhere because, um, and Andre Illy, he is the person from that company that has been so successful. And we're going to hear from him, including we're going to hear from Nerio, who is the founder of Technogym. And what we are honoring in this in this case 
are some of the businesses in Italy that have been extremely successful. I can talk about uh, Nerio's company, Technogym. You know, he used the term, the wellness company, Technogym, the wellness company. And he started with that term 25 years ago. I mean, most people, including me, I didn't know that until now we've been working together to put the summit together. We are going to have thermal and mineral springs on the agenda because that's something that Italy is also known for. Wellness in the workplace will also be on the agenda, wellness tourism, the real estate aspect of, you know, where we're going to actually be doing the summit is in an area that is called Wellness Valley. So that was started 10 years ago. They uh, help create wellness opportunities for the people that live in that area. So that whole topic will also be on the agenda. And then there's a couple of surprising ones I'll tell you about. One of them is going to be cannabis. Interesting. Does that that surprise you? (laughs) I think it's been in the works and coming up for some time. It's something that's been a topic of conversation and great to see it making its way into the Global Wellness Summit. Yes. Well, you know, we are finding, and, and it might be a little more U.S. at this point. However, you know, it's so interesting because cannabis is something that really is straddling medical and wellness. And in some ways, it sits pretty well in the wellness umbrella because there are things that are becoming legal for people to use for things that um, help people, you know, become and feel you know, better. So that's going to be a conversation. I think it's going to be all over the place. Uh, We're actually not even um, announcing any keynote for that. That is going to be a discussion with about six people who are involved in this cannabis discussion. And then the other thing that's going to be very new is a discussion about retail and wellness because we're starting to see that you know the retail arena you know they're needing to do things to get people to come into their stores because everyone's going online and we're seeing that they're increasingly wanting to do more active things or things that are experiential and you know spa and wellness kinds of things are in that arena so we're starting to see some of this happen and uh, we thought it would be interesting to have a roundtable to discuss it because, you know, it's, it's going to happen more and more that retail needs to be creative in getting people into their locations. You know, we are all about experience. So that's something that we can offer and some interesting models, I think, are starting to show up. Wonderful. It sounds like an amazing agenda that we'll have in Italy. I'm looking forward to it. What has been your biggest aha moment while developing the Global Wellness Summit and Global Wellness Institute? The first one happened actually um, in Brazil. I was at a conference. It was a medical tourism conference. And I heard Curtis Schroeder speak. He was at that time CEO of Bloomingrad Hospital, which is in Thailand, in Bangkok. And they were very famous at that time on 60 Minutes and so on for their medical tourism. I knew Thailand more as a wellness place with Thai massage and, you know, the beautiful places that, that people have created for vacations in Thailand that are, you know, having to do with wellness. And what Curtis Schroeder said in his keynote is that it is not working to put medical tourism and wellness or at that time spa or health tourism together because he said they are fundamentally different experiences. And he explained how Bloomingrad Hospital, because what happened is Thailand, the government decided to try and market their medical tourism with the idea of 
oh, come to Thailand, you can have your medical procedure, and then you can go to spas and lay on the beach and, you know, have Thai massage. And his point was that that is not reality, which I would agree with. But more so what happened is that it really cost Boomingrad a lot of bad publicity because now all of a sudden their competitor, which at the time was uh, Singapore, was saying, oh, if you want to, you know, be casual about your medical tourism, go to, you know, Boomingrad and you can lay on the beach. Or if you're serious about your medical, then come to Singapore. And it actually affected the revenue of Boomingrad Hospital. What surprised me is that that was something he shared. What I knew is that this whole idea of trying to combine the medical and spa was a problem for the spa arena because what was happening is the medical arena was starting to regulate the spas in Thailand. I'm just saying that that was an eye-opener as to how important it is to keep medical and wellness as separate entities that can work well together, but not to combine them to the place, to the point where people that are working in the industry or people who are availing themselves of sometimes medical, sometimes wellness, you know, that they're confused. And so I have to say that was an aha, and it really was also the impetus for our research on wellness tourism that we introduced in India. And I'm really proud of the fact that together as an industry, we have been able to carve out that niche. Wellness tourism has now a niche that is talked about in the travel world and the consumer is starting to recognize that, yes, sometimes they want to go to India and do yoga and meditation. Maybe sometimes people will go to India to have, you know, less expensive surgery. Those are two different experiences. The second aha, which kind of relates to this, is when I got a call from Dr. Paul Lindbergh from the Mayo Clinic. And this was, in fact, right before we had our summit in Mexico. And he called, and for the first time, it was the very first time I had anyone from such a prestigious place call and say, you know, I'd like to come to your summit because I would like to learn about what the wellness world is doing so well to be able to attract people who are paying out of pocket for these experiences. I thought I had died and gone to heaven <laughs> because, you know, most of the time, every Every medical person, you know, that would get in touch would be, well, I want to speak. I want to speak or I want to, you know, they wanted to tell us what to do. This was the first person. And he was, you know, he was in charge of the wellness um, new program at Mayo. And uh, they had invested a lot of money, put together a lot of uh, great things that you can do, you know, a kitchen and, um, you know, the two floors, you know, beautiful, beautiful. But what they what we're learning is that it's hard to get people to come and pay out of pocket because, you know, insurances and whatever cover other things that were happening at the Mayo Clinic. So he wanted to come and learn. And I thought, well, you know what? We have really turned a corner. Mm -hmm. And in, honestly, you know, Dr. Oz was interested, Andrew Wild, the medical people that are coming now are not coming to dictate to us. They are coming to see how we can work together. And I just think that is so exciting. Perfect. Yes, what a great example. Tell me, Susie, what is your hidden talent? Well, you know, my hidden talent, I guess, is 
something that was hidden from me for many years because I didn't realize that, you know, not everybody is good at this. I am good at organizing. And so I've learned over the years that isn't something that everyone can do. And it is important to be able to get people together and to create momentum and make things happen. So I would say that is my hidden talent. It's fantastic that you've learned to put that to great use with the Global <laughs> Wellness Summit and Institute. They are great examples of organization. <laughs> and what's the funniest spa story you've heard recently? I did hear a story that was told to me, and I've forgotten her name now. She's in the industry. She's a consultant. And the first time she went to Thailand, she did not understand what it was or any protocol. She didn't realize that people, when they have Thai massages, they put on those little pajamas. She thought, you know, like with all other massages, that you need to be naked. So what she did is she just was ready when the person came in, and she was totally stark naked. And I guess it was, you know, a little Thai guy that was doing massage. And, you know, he was being extremely professional by just ignoring the fact that she's not wearing the right thing. So she had an entire Thai massage in the nude. I, I'm saying that because she was laughing about it. I was going to say, what was her reaction when she finally realized that wasn't normal? <laughs> Heck, she's in Thailand, you know, who would know? What a great story. I'm glad she's able to laugh about it. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm still laughing. Fantastic. Susie, what is your favorite quote or saying? It is a, um, it's from the Bible. And um, I looked it up. It is actually in Psalms. It's Psalm 119.105. The saying is, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I think that gives me a lot of comfort that I do have, you know, I am a Christian, so there is that religious part of me. But it has served me well over all the years because I really, you know, see the light on the path and take the next step. I don't see very far in the future, but I do get to see a little bit in the future. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. And with credit to Cheryl Sandberg for this one, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Here's what, if I wasn't afraid, this is what I would do. And maybe I'm going to do it because I would step out and hire a lot more people to help us make the summit even more fabulous than it already is. If we had more people, for example, scribes in each session that could write up what has happened so that we can then share it with the delegates. But it is always a cost issue. So if I wasn't afraid, I would spend a whole bunch more money on the, on the summit. That's what I would do. Thank you so much for joining us today, Susie, on SparCast by Spa and Wellness Mexicaribe. Thanks so much for your time. Well, thanks for having me. It was fun to answer all your very interesting questions. Advance your spa career with management training from the University of California. Earn a professional certificate online in just six months. Visit ce.uci.edu forward slash spa training.